Amen. Amen. Last Sunday was powerful. I, and I love the pictures. I mean, especially the day spring. Oh, shelter and the guys singing like that. I, I hear you are singing for the next part. So we'll be ready for you. God bless you. Are you ready? Are you ready? Lift up your right hand. What a good song. Hallelujah. I was in my room praying and I said, Oh God, I wish Max would join us today. <laughs> and then I had the I pray that you hear the voice of God like that. Begin to thank God. Begin to pray for yourself. Come on, come on. Thank Him. Ah, stay on the key for me now. Just stay on the key. It's so sweet you trust in Jesus just to take sing him just to Do it again. It's so sweet. It's so sweet to trust in Jesus. Just to take His word. Oh, just to rest. Oh.
just to know that says the Lord. Thank you for the sweetness in the fellowship we have with you. And this morning, we come before your feet to learn of you, to live our lives here to please you. Sweet Spirit Divine, take full control. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Oh, for grace to trust him more. Just to know that says the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Just to know that says the Lord. What a good God. Praise the Lord. Let Mickey sit, sit in front. Thank you. So uh, we're going to continue today on God, you, and the prophetic are two. Amen. And um, last week, I started, um, we were learning about the three main categories of the prophetic under the New Testament. And we saw the prophetic as a gift of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And that was in the form of the gift of prophecy. Then we saw it again as an operation or function from the Father. And that was a gift from the Father. And then finally, we also saw the prophetic as a full-time administration, a full-time administrative office, okay? And that was a gift from the Lord Jesus when he ascended on high. Praise the Lord. So you have to, I want you to remember this, that under the New Testament, we have three broad categories of the prophetic. And the first group, were those that have the gift of prophecy. These are not full-time prophets. These, they cannot decide to prophesy. No. For them, the Holy Spirit must come upon them before they can prophesy. Okay? So our main scripture was from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 4 to 6. I'll read that from the King James Version. It says, now there are diversities of gifts. Somebody say diversities of gifts. By the same Spirit. Okay? So the different gifts are given by the same Spirit. And that is the Holy Spirit. Numa. And there are differences of administration by the same Lord, and the word there is curious, which means Jesus, the Messiah. So there are different gifts of the Holy Spirit, and then there are different administrations given by the Lord Jesus, and then there are diversities of operations, which is by the same God, and the word there is Theos, which is Father. So I explained that each person of the Trinity in a way, even though it's still the same God, each person, we are different gifts tied to each personality of the Trinity. And the first one was the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and these were nine gifts. You remember? Nine gifts. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 7 to 12. First Corinthians 12, 7 to 12. It says, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit without. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. So the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, so what I'm mentioning now, the word of wisdom. To another, the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kind of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. Okay, 
So we see that the Holy Spirit gives us nine different gifts. Somebody say nine. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, faith, miracles, healing, prophecy, diverse tongues, interpretation of tongues, discernment. And he decides who to give this to. And you realize these days in our churches, we don't see the revival of the Holy Spirit like we used to see when we were in secondary school, SU, and all those days. Because the focus has shifted away from the Holy Spirit and it's now gone to a total dependence on men who can come and do some skirmishes in the pulpit. And everybody's excited and everybody's clapping. So the whole thing has changed like an entertainment. And that's why I really want to teach you this to understand. I need you to understand this. So the nine of the Holy Spirit, one of them is the gift of prophecy. Okay? And I explained to you, First uh, Samuel chapter 10 we read from verse 5 to 6 and we jump to verse 10 to 11. First Samuel 10. That these people who have the gift of prophecy under the giftings of the Holy Spirit, they are not full-time prophets. I don't even consider them part-time prophets. They are occasional prophets. And they cannot decide to prophesy. They cannot just speak anyhow. First Samuel chapter 10 verse number 5. Because what? The Spirit comes upon them. And when the Spirit comes upon them, it gives them, he gives them an ability. And they are able to say things. And after that, you realize they don't have that ability anymore. That ability can come on anybody here. And I pray that you receive it in the name of Jesus. First Samuel 10, 5 uh, to 6. Can I get a female reader? First Samuel 10, 5 to 6. And then 10 to 11. Yes. First Samuel 10, 5 to 6. Mm -hmm. After that, thou shalt come to the hill of God, where there is the garrison of the Philistines. And it shall come to pass, when thou art come thither to the city, thou shalt meet a company of prophets coming down from the high place with the psaltery and the tablets and the pipe. Yeah, six. Before them, and, thou, and they shall prophesy. And the Spirit of the Lord will come upon thee. So what happened to him? The Spirit of the Lord will do what? Good. Uh-huh. And thou shalt prophesy with them. And then when the Spirit comes upon Saul, what happens? Saul will prophesy with them. We can go to the New King James now. So you can look on the screen if you can. Uh-huh. Then the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you. And you will prophesy with them. And then what? Into another man. And you will be turned into another man. Okay? So you may move forward a little bit to help your reading. Okay? So what is happening is this. That when the spirit comes upon a person, the person is turned into a different person. You understand? Now the Holy Spirit can come upon you right now and you have ability to do things that you could not do. So that is what happened to Samuel. The spirit came upon him. And then he began to prophesy, and he looked like another man. Verse number 10. Verse number 10. Uh-huh. So when they came, uh-huh, when they came. When they came to the hill, uh-huh. there was a group of prophets to meet him. Mm-hmm. Then the Spirit of God came upon him, and he prophesied among them. Mm-hmm. Continue. And it happened. When all who knew him formerly saw that he indeed prophesied among the prophets, that the people said to one another, What is this that has come upon the son of Kish? Is Saul also among the prophets? Let me close that door. So look at that. Those that, keep that door closed, please. So those that knew him, when they saw, So those that knew Saul, when they saw him, what happened? The Holy Spirit came upon him. When the Holy Spirit came upon him, he started to prophesy. He was not a prophet. He had never gone to a school of the prophets, but he had an ability to prophesy. And so when people saw him, people said, what? Expectation. 
The Bible says when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one place. And suddenly the a mighty rushing wind that filled the house. And then there appeared divided tongues and sat on each of them. Something came to sit on them. And then when that happened, verse 4 says what? And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So you see that the moment that thing comes upon you, you have an ability that you did not have before. They were able to prophesy. They were able to speak in tongues. I'm praying for somebody in this service that by the time we share the benediction, the impartation of the Holy Spirit shall come upon you and you will be turned into a new man. And you'll be turned into a new man. I'm praying for you because all the days of your Christian life, at least you should receive an, an experience like that where the Holy Spirit can come upon you and and can I, can I prophesy to you that when you get into an interview or you get into a certain situation where you do not know what to do, what to say, may the hand of the Lord come upon you and give you abilities in that moment that you have never had before. And may you surprise your hearers and may you surprise those who are looking at you. That is what happened. People gathered, the guys were in there. All of a sudden, they started speaking in the tongue of the other people that they did not even know. They did not even know. The testimony is shared about, uh, you know, that great servant of God that just passed, um, uh, Reverend Abraham Delaw, the emeritus professor, that the uh, daddy and the bishops did the funeral at uh, Perez. And the testimony is shared that one day he was preaching in Germany and he had closed his eyes and he was speaking in tongues. And after he prayed for a long time in tongues, when he opened his eyes, a lot of Germans were standing in front of him kneeling down. Then he asked his interpreter, what is this? And he said, you spoke in tongues in German for so long. You preached and you told them to accept Jesus and all of them came. And he didn't even know that. So the spirit comes upon you and by that coming upon, you are able to do things that you could not do. I pray that you experience that. Another man that experienced the coming upon is Elijah. First Kings chapter 18, verse number 44 uh, to 46. First Kings 18. Verse 44 to 46. Uh -huh. Then it came to pass. Shall I have to fast? Then it came, then to, came pass. to pass the seventh time uh -huh. that he said, There is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. So he said, Go up, say to Ahab, prepare your chariots and go down before the rain stops you. Now it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and wind. And there was heavy rain. So Ahab rode away and went to Israel. Then the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah. What came upon him? Hand the hand of the Lord. Just like the Spirit came upon Saul. Just like he came upon them at Pentecost. He tells them that it's about to rain. Go and tell Ahab. Take your horses. Take your chariots. Run to Jezreel. And then whilst the horses had taken the lead, the hand of God came upon Elijah. And what happened? And he gathered up his loins. And then he held his waist like this. And ran ahead of Ahab. And he ran past the chariot. There is no way for a human being to run faster than horses. But when the spirit came upon him, he gave him an ability. Say ability. Say ability. I'm praying for you. That between now and the benediction, that the spirit will choose you and come upon you and grant you an ability to outrun your enemies, to outpace your enemies, to do what you could not do. In the name of Jesus, Bible says when the hand of the Lord came upon him, he gathered up his loins and he ran ahead of the man who was using chariots. Is there anybody here who feels they've been delayed in life? Is there anybody here who feels that they have gone very backward in life and their friends have gone ahead of them and it looks as if they are sitting in chariots and you are still waiting for a move? Listen, the hand of the Lord will come upon you and when that hand comes upon you, you will outrun them. I say you will outrun them. I say you will outrun them. In the name of Jesus. So that is how the first gift works. Eh? So when we are in church, 
Then the hand of God will come upon somebody. Then all of a sudden, they will just move. Mm, 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 and they'll say, that says the Lord. And then they'll start talking. But after that, it's finished. It may never happen to them again, or it may happen as the Holy Spirit wants. You understand? Okay. Then the second group, I, I call them part-time prophets. Second group, they are those who have the operations given by the Father. They are seven giftings there. Seven. Romans chapter 12, verse number 6. Romans chapter 12, verse number 6. Romans 12, verse 6. Mm-hmm. Having then gifts, differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. So this second group of giftings are those gifts given by the Father. And there are seven. Prophecy, ministry, giving, exhortation, leadership, teaching, mercy. And I explained to you that when you see two people, one of them has that gift of prophecy or the, the, the operation of prophecy. This is not the gift of prophecy that comes upon you and leaves. No. These people, the gift that they have, they don't need the Holy Spirit to come upon them for them to prophesy. No. No. These people prophesy out of the proportion of their faith. Stay out of the proportion of their faith. So these people... And most of the pastors, most of the teachers, apostles, the other gifts apart from the full-time office of the prophets, they have this grace. So he, when his faith is built up, he can look at the situation and command that situation that be corrected or be healed in the name of Jesus. And prophecy is just declaring the mind of God. Okay, so according to the proportion, and you are according to the proportion of their faith. So, they don't need any impartation to come upon them. When their faith is built, they are able to just stand and decree. That says the Lord. And they can prophesy things unto you. Now, the interesting thing to know, Ephesians chapter 4 verse 12, tells us the reason why God gave the gifts. The, not just the one, the nine of the Holy Spirit, but the nine of the Holy Spirit, the seven of God, and then five of the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? Good. He says what? For the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, and for the edifying of the body of Christ. Do you understand? So, these are the three areas why he gave us the gifts. And when you read further, it it is to uh, deliver us from wrong doctrine, uh, from the trickery of men, and from the cunning craftiness. Okay? All right. So, when you look at this, the first group that when the spirit comes upon them, the first group and the second group, they stay in the area of edifying, sanctification, and for the work of ministry. Okay? And somebody will say, I'm trying to speak for prophets. I'm just teaching what the Bible says. Do you understand? I'm teaching what the Bible says. I know there's huge, you know, there are huge debates going on, people criticizing the prophetic and all that. That's, that's your, is, is their issue. I know there are excesses. I've written three books on that. But I'm trying to say you cannot also condemn what God has given without a proper understanding. It is God that gives the prophetic. But we have to explain it to you so that you understand. So that you don't sell yourself to a diviner or a soothsayer or a charmer or a magician who is wearing clerical in the name of prophecy. So the first two groups, those that the spirit comes upon and those who prophesy out of the proportion of their faith, those two groups of people, they normally stay within equipping the saints, edifying them, the work of ministry. They don't go into predictions. They, they don't go into predictions. But I'm even going to teach you because pro, prof, the prophetic is not just predictions. There is foretelling the counsel of God and there is foretelling. There are differences. And so I want, we are doing two services today. 
And I'm going to teach you this one and we'll take a little break and we'll continue. Praise the Lord. So that's the second group. They profess out of the proportion of the faith. And I explained it to you like Abedipele. When you put Bakwesi there, who is not a footballer but loves Arsenal, you put him there with a football. He still cannot do anything with the football. Even though he lost Arsenal, he can't do anything with it. You understand? And then when you put somebody who can play a little bit, most of you don't know, but this, uh, our man here, Adrian, was a very good footballer. Okay? I thought he would play for Ghana, but he, he ended up working for the government instead of playing soccer. So, he's somebody like that. He, he can play. He can play. If somebody like that, as for him, he's in the third category. So, let me use another person. Like James. James. James can play soccer a little bit. If James works hard at training eh, and builds his capacity, he'll be able to play better. So that is the proportion of faith that I'm explaining. That the more faith is there, the more they can just say to situations, change, and it will change. Okay? But then there is a third group of people who, uh, the Bible says, when Jesus in Ephesians, right? When he went up, Ephesians 4, I think so. When he ascended, he gave gifts unto men. Those are the third group of people. Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 7. And then, these were the gifts of Jesus Christ. And he gave five gifts. He gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Okay? These full-time prophets, these full-time prophets are not like the first two. They don't need faith to build up. It is like when you give a soccer, a football to a Pele, he doesn't need to train to, to, to play that ball. He was made, his, the way he was born, his nature is, is a footballer. When you give him a ball, he doesn't think. He knows what to do with the ball. Okay? When you give him a ball, he doesn't think. He knows what to do with the ball. But when you give James or Parkway a ball, Parkway a boy, he cannot play the ball until the Holy Spirit comes upon him. Then he'll be able to make some moves with the ball. After that, he stops. But when you give somebody like James, who has, has to train a little bit, and then out of the proportion of how much he has trained, it's just like school. There are some people, huh? There are some people in our schools, they don't really study hard like we do. They don't, you have, you, I'm sure you have some of those people in your class. They never really studied hard like you do. As for you, you will go to Christian fellowship, you will go to all night, and you will be praying over the exams even there. Oh God, when I study, oh God, give me hand. You, you are waiting for the spirit to come. Then there's another group of people, they are a bit smart, but it's because they study hard. And that is the proportion of faith. So the more they study, the more they do well. Then there are some people, I have some in my class. I have some in my class, some ladies. Oh, my God. It, it's, it's not that she's studying hard. She's not, we call them natural shark. Yeah, they, they are naturally brainy. So you can go and study and pray 10 hours. She will still go, get higher marks than you. Because her nature is that. Their nature is prophetic. Okay? So the full-time prophets, they don't need to sleep uh, to, 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 to pray or wait for the spirit to come. And I, I explained it with Eli Elisha. When Ahab and Jehoshaphat called him and they were going for the battle against Moab in 1 Kings chapter 3 and he was angry. He was angry and said that if it were not for this king, that they are used Pastor Charles, hmm? ah, if it were not for this king, then if it were not for this king, I will not prophesy to you. So the man was angry. You understand? He's looking at the boy. He's angry. I won't prophesy to you. I will not prophesy to you. Then they begged him. Then he said, okay, give me a musician. The musician came, started playing song like Max is playing. Then he looked at him and said, leave al Tasha. That's say the Lord. A, a very critical congregation like the people of Ghana would not have listened to the prophet. Because he was angry. One minute and the next minute he was prophesying. That is the office of the prophet. He, he doesn't need emotions to prophesy. He doesn't need a hand to come upon him to prophesy. By his nature, he is prophetic. Okay? So I need you to understand the three. You understand the three groups now.
But this, <laughs> okay, man of God, be seated. So this is how the New Testament giftings spread out. Some people have the gifts of prophecy. Some have the gifts of wisdom. Some have the gift of faith. There are some people they have faith. Archbishop Benson Idahosa. Gift of faith. He had the gift of faith under the Holy Spirit. He had the gift of faith under the praises of the Father. And then he had an apostolic grace under the giftings of Jesus Christ. And I told you some people have the spirit of leadership. And so you see some ministries, you see that the pastor is only gifted, but he doesn't have leadership. You understand? So I need you to understand these three areas. Now I'll tell you how the thing was in the Old Testament. Because the problem we have now is that some prophets today are trying to use the, the way Old Testament prophets were to rule people today. And I want to really explain to you that these three giftings, these three areas, this is the New Testament. And have you seen that in the New Testament, almost everybody can be prophetic. You can have the gift of prophecy. You're prophetic. You can have the preaching of prophecy. You are prophetic. Or you can have a full-time office. You are prophetic. You understand? You understand? So, this is the New Testament. And in the New Testament, it's like there is a prophethood. We are all prophets. We are prophetic people. That's the best way to say it. Say I'm prophetic. Say I'm prophetic. Say I'm prophetic. What does the Bible say? It says that First um, Corinthians chapter 2, verse number 9, 10, quickly. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse number 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, number 9 to 10. Oh. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. Mm -hmm. For the Spirit searches all things. Mm -hmm. Yes, the deep things of God. Mm -hmm. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Mm -hmm. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. So, you see, under the New Testament, that monopoly that the Old Testament prophets had is broken. Do you understand? And I'm going to explain this to you in the next about 10 minutes and we'll take a little break. That monopoly they had is broken. Because he's saying that under the New Testament, he said, fine, it was written in Isaiah. This scripture is actually in Isaiah. The eye has not seen. People cannot know. They can't know what God is doing. You remember Amos said something in Amos 3.7? He said what? Uh -huh, Amos 3.7, show us. For God will do nothing except he reveals it to her read. His prophets. Surely. Surely. Mm -hmm. The Lord God does nothing unless he reveals his secrets to his servants. This the was prophets. the time of dependence on prophets. Look at what somebody say. How can you say this in the New Testament? You can't say this in the New Testament. I need, you see, people would think I was speaking for prophets. I'm not speaking for prophets. I'm teaching the Bible. And I need you to understand. Because in the Old Testament, the oppression and the dispensation was different. And God used prophets, priests, judges, kings to lead his people. Okay? Initially, 1 Samuel chapter 8, verse 1. Initially, God was the one who was leading Israel. Okay? I need you to listen well. Who was the one leading Israel? God. God was the one leading Israel. Then, when... When Samuel, but he had prophets, he had priests, and all those things. Then when Samuel's children were not able to follow after Samuel, and the Israelites also saw that the other nations had kings over them, they came to Samuel and said, we don't want all this prophet and this God leadership again. Please, give us a king like the other nations. Then the Bible says that it grieved Samuel. So Samuel went into prayer and was crying. And then the Lord said to Samuel, the people have not uh, rejected you, but they have rejected me. Okay? So let them know that if this is what they want, I will give them a king. Like the other, other nations. 
But let them know the attitude of the king. He will enslave their children. He will oppress them. He will do this. After everything God said, verse number 19 to 21, the Bible says, they still said to someone, whether the king will oppress us or not, we want to be like the other kings. So that was the time God redrew himself from his people and allowed Saul to lead them. Okay. But then there were, David had a priest called Abiata. Huh? Jonathan had a priest. Was it Zadok? Yeah. Huh? They were priests in those days. And they were prophets. Uh, David had a prophet called Nathan. Isn't it? They were prophets in those days. Huh? But the Old Testament prophet, the re- what made him different was that God now decided to before they started complaining about this uh, king, they wanted a king. God himself used to lead them. Look at somebody like Abraham. Did, did Abraham have a personal prophet? Listen, I read some, some things on social media and some prophets are saying, now is the important time to have a prophet in your life. Really? That is idolatry. Abi, I need to see your face when I'm preaching. That is idolatry. It's such a critical time to have a personal prophet in your life. Really? Under this season? No. Any such dependence on men is idolatry. And God hates it. Abraham. Was, he was the first person called prophet in the Bible. Why? He knew the mind of God. He could declare the counsel of God. Even though the Bible doesn't give us much about those things that he did. But God said to the king that let him pray for you for he's a prophet. And when they prayed, things happened. They didn't have to do any show off, wear any particular dress, uh, come with bodyguards. No. God's true servants are very quiet too. They are not loud. They are not loud. All these young boys coming up, prophets, I remember those days, invited some prophet into our church. He kept so long, he never came. When he was coming, he had about 10 people, they drove, two cars came, you remember? Yes, two cars came. Then I thought it was him. When we got there, it wasn't him. And they said, they are, come and sit down. They said, we are waiting for our prophet. Munjang was yasem no. It's stupidity in our, in our Christianity now. No, these, these people are competing with Jesus Christ for your heart. And the church was waiting. The church is waiting. And there are about 10 or 12 people. They, they cross a scene in front of the church. And they won't come in. And they made a long line so that the man will walk through. Really? Such stupidity. I want to teach you, you have to understand. God doesn't change the, the, the Bible standard for anybody. People are struggling and your prophet has a sense of fashion. People are struggling. All these young, some of these young people know they wear colors, matching colors and come on social media and then they put their hand here and take a picture and say, anybody, the first hundred people that type amen. A miracle is coming to you. And you too stupidly, you use your data and time to type amen. To type amen. Then somebody will take a picture of cars. And then say, eh, the first hundred people to share this or to type amen, you are receiving a new car. Are you that desperate? If you are desperate, go to your room and cry to God. God doesn't read social media messages. God doesn't read WhatsApp status. If you are desperate enough, go to your room and cry to the Lord. Cry to him. You think God will monitor your, your, your status and use it to answer your prayer? And as for your, your, the outlet for, for your, your emotions is social media. The moment something happens to you, then you go, pe, 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 the Lord my God, he will not disappoint me. Voila. Voila. Look at Abraham. God said, he is my prophet. He is my friend. 
The Lord God can come to Abraham and say, Will I hide anything from Abasikataya? That is prophetic. And not, I saw this and saw that. To be honest with you, the, demogra the demographics of the prophetic ministry, you know, demography is like age, sex, uh, gender, and those things. Yeah. Prophetic demography is one of the lowest areas of the prophetic ministry. But that is the most profound area in Africa. And people, Africans love prophecy. I used to love prophecy. And I grew out of it. You have to grow out of it. You have to grow out of it. You are a joy. Sister, you are a fear. I see Friday. Friday. When I'm, I'm standing by you, I see F-R. And I'm thinking, what is this? And the Lord told me that is Friday. Now, the Holy Spirit is a stamina. He wants to say Friday. Really? Really? Abraham. God, he's, he's sitting in his house, minding his business. Three men appear there. And he's able, without announcement, without announcement, he's able to tell that this is God and his angels. And he says, please stay. God, I'm sure God could walk to some of us and we never know because he doesn't look like your personal prophet. I'll say it again. God doesn't resemble your personal prophet. He doesn't. As a matter of fact, God should have come to you already in the form of a very, a very, very mobile looking depressed woman and you would have made him go. Because he didn't dress like the prophets. And have the chain. I should have gotten a chain. Have the chain. And come in with bodyguards. What are you talking about? You see, that was Old Testament. Look at Moses. Exodus chapter 7. Verse 1 to 2. Exodus chapter 7, verse 1 to 2. Exodus 7, 1 to 2. So the Lord said to Moses, See, I have made you as God to Pharaoh. And Aaron, your brother, shall be your prophet. You shall speak all that I command you. And Aaron, your brother, shall tell Pharaoh to send the children of Israel out of his land. You see? He said what? I have made you like a god. Ah. So, you see, Old Testament. Old Testament. God said the prophets, because he was using them to build nations. The economies of nations depended on prophets in the Old Testament. Elisha could guide an entire nation's economy. Elisha alone. Even when they had war, he could tell them, don't go this way, don't go this way. You understand? So, but those seasons are past. Those oppressions are different under this current oppression. So, the Bible says, God said to Moses, I have made you like a god to Pharaoh. Why? Because everything you say will happen. Everything Moses said. That's why he could say this and then the river would turn into blood. He could say this and miracles. That is in, it was in that sense that he represented the exact words of God to Pharaoh. It was in that sense that he was like a God. It was not in the sense that he was a prophet. He wasn't even the prophet. The prophet was who? Aaron. Well, Aaron. This were, this were strange people. God used them spectacularly. Okay, Elijah could snap his finger and fire will come from heaven. And so today you have some prophets trying to repeat the acts of Elijah and Elisha. So I am powerful. For me, I will come as a pack. Now, my children say, I am powerful. If he is powerful, they should let us meet at the Santasi Park. He can bring his people, I will bring my people. All those. <laughs> Uh, today they, we are in trouble. Oh. I need bodyguards. Uh, I need bodyguards. If he's powerful, he should let us meet. Luke 9 51. If he's powerful, he should let us meet. You've been hearing that from on the radio, isn't it? Huh? Haven't you been hearing it? If he's powerful, he should let us meet. And I will show him, we will show him who has who has powers in this. In this current dispensation, in this, people come on radio 
and you see pastors and prophets challenging themselves. Anybody that does that is not a true servant of God. Don't worry. Anybody that does that, no, or they are ignoramus, or they don't understand. Look, Jesus went to a certain city to preach the gospel. When he got there, the people said, we won't listen to you. Get away. Then the two sons, James and John, they got angry. And they said to Jesus, can we call fire to come and burn these people like Elijah did? And then Jesus said to them, what did he say? But he turned and rebuked them and said, he rebuked them. Uh-huh. You do not know what manner of spirit you are of. You don't know what manner of spirit you have. Uh-huh. For the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, uh-huh. but to save them. What he's trying to say is that under this dispensation, we are not destroying people's lives. I am here to save the lives of people. So even if you are angry, even if it's justified that you want to kill these people because of the oppressional dynamics of that dispensation, it cannot happen. You cannot call, pray and fast for 40 days that fire should come on the Santasi market to prove to people that you are a powerful prophet and to destroy people. It will not happen because the dynamics of the day is salvific. God is trying to save people rather than to destroy people. Do you understand? Do you understand? Yes. All those people then those that use aliases. Prophet El Supremo Magnifico. Prophet Do It All. Prophet Calculator. Calendar Man. Calculator Man. Because you, you can prophesy dates. This is the Holy Ghost we are talking about. But are they really true prophets? That's the next question. I'll let us have a little break. And then Shelter will sing for us. We'll get some little uh, refreshments and then uh, we'll continue. Shelter will give us a song, please, and then I'll continue. Oh 